The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome to Talking Halo, this is Derek Ciapala. All by my lonesome tonight as we look back on the Angels getting swept by Oakland. Actually, we're not going to look back at it at all. Can't do it. Cannot do it. I'm angry. I'm not going to lie to you. What is it about the Oakland Athletics? The Angels just cannot, cannot compete with them. Once again, the Oakland A's destroy them as they came into this series. The Angels came into this series... On a six-game winning streak that's gone, they are one game 500, above 500, that's gone. And what do we have now? They are now two games under 500. Fortunately for them, when you think it'd be fortunate, they're playing the lowly Detroit Tigers, except the Detroit Tigers are playing out of their minds. A sweep of the Kansas City Royals, they recently swept the New York Yankees. They're not a great team, but they're playing well. And we saw, as recently as 2019, what the Tigers can do when they're playing well, even against better opponents as they just beat up on the Angels, not too deep into that July. So we're getting a mystery. We all know what we're going to get. It's a mystery this week is what we're going to get. Angels pitching just not, just not staying together. The bullpen once again falling apart. Griffin Canyon with a decent start today. Had a 4 nothing lead. Got chipped away for a couple of runs, but still a decent start. Not great, but decent. The bullpen should have been able to keep together, and they fell apart miserably. At this point, what can you do? What can you do? The Angels, man, you got to be thinking what is going on in that trade market. That's got to be happening at this point. It's got to be happening. So all that in mind, we got a lot to talk about for the Tigers. First things first. When I ask you to head over to Apple Music, we really we'd love a great five star review for you. Subscribe anywhere podcasts are found. Our podcasts are found. Please subscribe. Before we get into it with Chris Brown from the from the Tigers SRD podcast, here's a word from our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, folks, we're here with Chris Brown once again for the Tigers SRD podcast. Anytime I need anything on the Detroit Tigers, he's there always. Makes the magic happen. Chris, how you doing? I'm doing well. How you doing? I'm living the freaking dream. <laughs> Just got swept again. Oh, uh, well. Yeah, that's that you know, I I'm trying to remember when we talked last. I don't know if you remember the exact date if it was before the season i feel like it was during the season it was just before the season right? oh. as we were getting started okay all right well yeah the tigers got off to a brutal start and uh i feel you there i, I remember many sweeps and many ugly performances but they've been better so tell us yeah. about this i mean they they've already swept the yankees this year and now here they are they just swept the royals how are you feeling about this team right now uh, you know, it, it is kind of funny. Uh, they they really were awful in April. I think they hit 199 as a team in April, and even it extended into the first week of May. They started the year nine and 24, and it was just like, all right, this is this rebuild is not working. We need a, a clean sweep of the front office, and then something strange happened where they they the offense just started clicking out of nowhere, and it was almost like they. And I make it. It's, this this sounds too easy, but it's almost like they just stopped trying to hit home runs and just started trying to put the ball in play. And I know that sounds like you know that's like what old men want right now. That's what the the old timers like. Hey, you know, stop swinging for the fences. But it seems like that's what they did. And yes, yeah, since that nine and twenty four start, they're twenty and fifteen, and with basically a, a an even run differential. They've been playing like a five hundred team, which is uh, like a revelation around here. You know, we haven't seen that in years. So how are you feeling overall about the rest of the season? Look at the schedule now. They have the Angels for a four-game set, and then St. Louis, Houston, Cleveland. It seems that they kind of need to get something out of these next six games, especially before they hit Houston and Cleveland. Yeah, well, it's funny. You know, they did they swept Houston earlier in the year, even when they were awful. Uh, so it is you, you never really know. But and this is not certainly not exclusive to the the Tigers right now, but injuries are really taking a toll on the team. They just in this series they lost Matthew Boyd, who was you know came into the year as kind of their number one, number two starter. Spencer Turnbull, their other number one, number two starter, is currently on the injured list with a forearm discomfort, which never sounds good. And uh, they lost a reliever the other day. They they you know they, their forty man roster is tapped out. They they're you know in in the uh, the game tomorrow, the Thursday game. They've called up their top remaining pitching prospect, Matt Manning, and it's not because he deserves it, really. I mean, he's still talented, but he's got an 
I think an 8.07 ERA in AAA this year. They just have nobody else they can call on. And, uh, yeah, I, I have a feeling it's going to get kind of ugly pretty quickly <laughs> against him. I mean, honestly, yeah. don't count on it. The well, Angels, traditionally, these are the games they botch. I'm going back 30 years. Yeah. They, just, they botch games like this. Oh. Like, yeah, yeah, no, I, I, it, I feel the same way about the Tigers. Uh, their, their, their top opponent always seems to be TBD. Whenever TBD shows up, they're done for. <laughs> but uh, it's what happens with the Angels. Yeah, I mean, I see them take out players who were legit stars, and then get hammered by call-ups who were just dreadful. And it's kind of like how Batman is doing this year. Like mm-hmm. he's clearly not ready yet, but. He'll have his best game of the season tomorrow <laughs> night on well, Fox Sports Detroit. Uh, yeah, well, actually, I, I was, I think uh, my, my podcast partner, uh, Rogelio, told me that it's actually on YouTube tomorrow. Oh, it is? I don't maybe, I, I don't know for sure. That's what he told me. I haven't checked because we, we have our regular podcast and we're probably going to be live streaming that while we're watching it. But I, I can at least explain why I think Manning won't do well tomorrow. Absolutely. Uh, you know, he is one of, you know, you look around, he's generally considered a top 20, top 25 prospect in baseball. And he's a California kid, so it's kind of cool for him to be making his debut there. It's it's more NorCal than SoCal. But, uh, yeah, he, he's a guy with a fastball that sits like 92, 94. He'll reach up to 96, 97, and he's got this uh, curveball that has gotten plus grades before. But that's about it. And he's always been kind of more about projection than reality. He made a ton of strides in his first few years in pro ball. You know, he was really raw when they drafted him uh, ninth overall in 2016. And then by the time he got to double A in 2019, he was just a completely different guy. I think he won the Eastern League Pitcher of the Year. He was just throwing tons of strikes, getting tons of strikeouts, uh, you know, not much damage at all. But the issue is every time he's come across advanced hitters, be it in he was in the Futures game one year or in Major League Spring Training, he doesn't miss bats. Because uh, while he's he gets a ton of extension, you know he's six foot six, he gets way down the mound, so the the effective velocity or the perceived velocity is greater than the actual velocity, I guess you'd say. It's not that sort of high spin pitch that misses bats. It's a really low spin four seam fastball. In fact, it, it's the, the spin is kind of what you would expect from a sinker, but it doesn't have that kind of movement. It's a really strange pitch. And he could still he'll still get guys out with it occasionally, but but what you'll see, I think, is probably a ton of foul balls. And the breaking ball, you know, some people think it's a plus pitch, but you know, we just went and saw him actually last Wednesday down in Toledo in AAA. And it's it's really kind of obvious when it comes out of his hand. You know, it kind of pops out of his hand, particularly when he's throwing it in the high eight, uh, high seventies rather than sometimes he can, you know, tighten it up and throw it in the low eighties and it's more effective. But that's another pitch that, that guys, he can freeze guys with it, but it's another one that it, it's not like a chase pitch, really. And so I think I, I expect to see a ton of foul balls and some probably uh, a fair amount of hard contact, and he just doesn't have a changeup to speak of. It, there, there are some rumors about you know him having a potential plus changeup you'll see online. And there's, it's funny, in Tiger's lore, there's this one gif going around from two years ago where he threw a changeup that looked like it broke like three feet to his arm side, you know, it looked like this devastating 80 grade t- change up. And then when I went back and looked at that game, it was like a sustained 30 mile an hour wind. 
pushing the ball away. It's like, oh, all right, well, that explains it. But that's like the one changeup people had seen from him, so they still think it exists. But re- in reality, if he throws 20 changeups, you might see two that are above average. So, yeah, I mean, it, it just – there's a good amount of physical talent there and some interesting pitches, but I just – you know, you know, I don't think he's – ready for the majors and like you said you know who, who one baseball game who knows what could happen angels are missing both Rendon now and trout so there's two of their big hitters tomorrow and you know with mm-hmm. Otani starting he'll hit as long as he's in the game then once he's out he's done so mm-hmm. the angels if they don't get him early it, you know that he's got a real good shot at, at getting to that lineup <sighs> man I, i'm looking <laughs> forward to it because i know the tiger gets a good young talent coming up mm-hmm. But anytime I can see Shohei pitch as well. Yeah, we're pretty excited about that. I mean, that's what, a, what an incredible talent. And what he's doing this year is just absolutely remarkable. And somehow I, I always feel like it just doesn't get – it's not getting the level of scrutiny and accolades that he deserves. And I don't know why. He's in Los Angeles. He's uh, the, one of the most talented play, baseball players of all time. And uh, here you go. But, well, I can tell you why. All right. Because we're just waiting for the shoe to drop. Yeah. He's been hurt so much. The moment you start getting excited for him, and, and trust me, we're loving mm-hmm. watching him. He's hitting out. He's pitching. He's hitting. He's a two-in-one two record, but that's only because he hasn't been getting help in his games, man. So he's been dominant. He's I mean, dominant across the board right now, but he's been hurt so much. You're just going knock on wood. Mm-hmm. Knock on wood. You don't want to get too excited. Because this dream could end, and right now with the injuries the, that the Angels have with uh, with Trout and Rondon and the rest of the pitching staff has not really come together. If Shohei goes out, yeah. they go out of the season at this point. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's a bummer, you know. I, I from afar, I always see the Angels as this team that that, that it just feels like injuries have have killed them for the last I don't know ten years. Basically, Mike Trout's whole career, it seems like they've even when they've got the pitching that they need, there's some sort of injury that, that decimates them, and there's nothing there. And it's hard to watch because, it, like, you know, as a baseball fan, we want to see guys like Trout and Otani and Rendon, you know, succeed in the playoffs and stuff. And it's just, ah, it's tough to watch. But, yeah, I mean, for this particular series, yeah, I, I don't know. The Tigers do not have a great history in L.A. with the, against the Angels. I, I didn't look it up, but there was, you know, at one point there were like two and seventeen. Um, well, twenty nineteen though, just want to point that out. Was that what did they go uh, for? You know, I've gone I mean, and they came in there and just destroyed the Angels that series. Yeah, and again, that was you know in twenty nineteen that was one of the worst Tigers teams ever. So it's base <laughs> baseball is dumb. We all agree on that. On that, and uh, you know they, that's why they play the games. But I don't. Know, yeah, so I mean that Thursday game is going to be the marquee matchup just because it's Otani and, and it's Manning making his debut. That's going to be super cool. But after that. I mean, uh, but you got Alex Cobb, I think, on Friday. Yeah, who knows what we'll get from him. Yeah, yeah Alex Cobb versus... Jose Arena, I believe. Yep. And uh, Arena has been a kind of what you would expect this year. I mean, he's a, uh, a sinker baller, ground ball guy who will occasionally have one of those games where he just batters are just pounding everything into the ground. I think he had one game against the White Sox where he got like 17 ground balls, and including like four double plays. Uh, but he's a sinker baller, so every now and then it's not sinking. And in his last outing, he got shelled, and you just you, you never know what you're going to get with from him. So we'll see there. And that's the Saturday game. 
uh, sorry, Friday game Saturday. I saw Fox Sports One. That matchup. <laughs> it's uh yeah, I don't know I don't know who's going for the who's going for the Angels. I believe Patrick Sandoval. Patrick person. Sandoval. Yeah, and he's been actually he's been pitching very well. Yeah, and, and I, if I'm not mistaken, I think the Tigers are going to go with Willie Peralta. Willie Peralta, who they just called up, a minor league free agent in the offseason. Another guy who we saw this past weekend. We, we did a, a pretty I me not as much as my buddies, but uh, you know, we hit up three of the Tigers minor league affiliates. They one of them actually hit all four in a five-day span. Um and we saw Willie Peralta too, and and he pitched actually last night against the Royals. But he's you know he's basically a reliever. I think that's that's Saturday is is probably going to be a Johnny Holstaff game, where he'll you'll get three innings from Peralta if you're lucky, and then piece it together after that. And the last one is Dylan Bundy, um, uh-huh. with Casey Mize, and Dylan Bundy has just been um, <laughs> train wreck. <laughs> well, you know, I saw somebody commenting about his spin rate being way down now that things are, you know, the sticky stuff um, discussion, that he's one of the guys whose spin rate was way down, but I don't know, I mean, he's such a, a strange story overall, you know, a guy who missed so much time, such a high prospect, and then was kind of lousy for so long, and then awesome all of a sudden, <laughs> and uh, yeah. Well, but when he came over to us, you know, the guys, from, we, we had some guys from, from the Orioles come on the show and tell us about him, and, mm-hmm. and they told us, watch, he'll be a son young guy. Um, and we're like, oh, really? Well, why? And, and you know, in the end, he got along really well with Mickey Calloway. Mm. And, of course, now yeah. Calloway's gone. Yeah. And, you know, I think as part of it, if you look back at Dylan Bunny's performances early in the year, he wasn't doing all that well either, but he was still getting guys out. He had a nice, you know, innings pitch to hits ratio and all that jazz. But he's just not – something's just off in his mechanics, and, and it's showing. But you know Casey Mize for the Tigers, three four nine ERA, four and four. Bunny's been getting shelled. Where's this matchup sit for you? Uh, yeah, you know it's interesting because because Casey Mize for the you know for last year, and then for his first I don't know five or six starts this year, just kind of looked like a bust, if you will. Not not necessarily a bust, but it was like all right, this this is not the one one pick. This is not what they were bargaining for. He was. And you know, the book on him was that he had this kind of impeccable command and, you know, really devastating sinker, or not sinker, a splitter. And that hadn't shown up. He was walking guys, he was hitting guys, and the splitter was just nowhere to be found. And honestly, he's kind of just reinvented himself over the course of the season. And I believe he's he's got eight or nine quality starts in his last 10 outings. And only one, I think it's nine out of 10, maybe, and and. It could be eight out of nine, something like that. But the one he missed was a one run against uh, through five innings against the Yankees, so it was still a pretty good outing. Uh, he's he's just kind of an, an interesting guy. It's not the Garrett Cole, Justin Verlander, Max Scherzer ace type profile, but he he's he is doing really well at limiting hard contact and kind of getting guys off balance, and he's doing it with a mix of fastballs and basically his knuckle curve and his cutter. And the splitter really doesn't come into play all that much, but he's he's getting guys out, and it's been fun to watch. It's it's really it's, it's interesting because you know if you if you are into WAR, his WAR on Fangraphs is really low. It's like point zero five, but then if you go to Baseball Reference, it's like two two point five. So it's like, well, what the results have been great, but Fangraphs doesn't think it's real. So uh, I don't know. I mean, it, when you watch him, it seems pretty real, 
but you know he's a guy who doesn't strike out a ton of batters and he's relying on his defense behind him and stuff like that so you you never know with guys like that he he could have a a tough outing or he could dominate what about the bullpen itself for you so the bullpen has uh it was it was definitely an issue earlier in the year they found some things this year recently you know michael fulmer their former starter has been a, a pretty quality addition to the bullpen he's he's kind of their closer or part-time closer now he did go out with an arm injury for a little while and he was he gave up two runs today it wasn't particularly pretty but uh they've had a jose cisnero is a guy who's who's been pretty lights out for about a month kyle funkhauser who a lot of people you know he was the tigers fourth round pick in 2016 once upon a time was a first round pick of the dodgers he didn't sign kind of people had sort of given him up for dead because he just, as a starter, he was just walking too many guys and was always getting shelled, and he didn't even look particularly good as a reliever last year, but he's figured something out this year, and he's been uh, useful out of the bullpen. And then Gregory Soto is their other part-time closer who, uh, you know, lefty who throws in the upper 90s, has a pretty good slider. So, they, yeah, suddenly the bullpen is is kind of viable. It's not a lights-out, super scary bullpen, but they've been keeping leads, and it's, you know, it's all part of it. It's coming together, and it's... You know, I've always been somebody who's a little bit skeptical about the impact of managers. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I guess I've sort of somewhat evolved over time to say that it's not that I don't think they can make an impact. It's just like I have no idea how to measure it or how much credit to give them. But it's it's really hard to not give credit for the Tigers' turnaround this year to A.J. Hench and also to their pitching coach, Chris Fetter. It's uh, that just that the in-season adjustments and the preparation and overall uh, just, I don't know, fundamental nature of the team is just so much better this year than it's been in the past. I, I have to give them credit. So in the past, we've talked about the Tigers, and actually last time we talked, you were very unsure about this rebuild's future. Like, you were very unsure about it. Mm-hmm. What about now? Yeah, well, uh, I, I'm still a little unsure about it. I guess the... So we're still, you know, less than a halfway through the season, but it, it really does look like Casey Mize and Tarek Skubal are legit. Like they they are going to be at the least mid rotation starters, which, you know, whenever you get they had three top twenty five pitching prospects heading into the year in, in Mize, Skubal, and Manning, and so I I just you know having followed prospects for long enough I know that okay one of these guys is probably going to work out okay one of them is probably going to bust and one of them will be like. I don't know, he'll end up being a, a decent reliever or something. Uh, and so if they get two quality starters out of that, that's, I think, better than I expected. And they now have, you know, they have two pretty strong position prospects in double A. And it's actually three now. They, they, uh, they, they you know, Spencer Torkelson, the number one overall pick from, from 2020, had a brutal spring training. And then that continued into instructional league down at Florida. Where he just looked like he did not look like a major leaguer. It was really strange. He he couldn't hit anything. And he was striking out at you know against below average stuff. And then at some point over the last month, he just turned it on and figured it out and, and hit his way to double A in about three weeks. And meanwhile, their other uh, their second round pick, Dylan Dingler, a catcher, also looks like a dude. So they have those two and Riley Green, their first round pick from 2019. So suddenly they, they've yeah like they've got three pretty legit position player prospects coming up. And you add that to Akil Badu, who uh, I think I, we, we must have talked about last time because it was such a cool story about a kid who hadn't been out of, he barely played in high A 
and got you know taken the rule five draft and was just like the story of spring training and then he came out and had all this you know he homered in his first the first pitch he ever saw and had a grand slam in the next game and had this incredible first week and then the other shoe dropped as as we're you know people are expecting with some somebody making a leap like that it's like all right okay he's turning back into a pumpkin and then it happened for like a month and then he figured it out again and now he's he actually leads the team at OPS uh he he walks at like a 15% rate he's stealing bases he's quick and getting infield hits he's hitting for extra base power it's he looks like a legitimate piece of the future so yeah whereas last year it was kind of hard to figure where they were going to get their average or better major leaguers from now you can kind of see it i i still think it's a far you know long way away from being a a competitor or, or a, a you know a contender but you know, starting to see it. And they've got the third overall pick here in a month, so that should help too. I mean, it looks to me like the Tigers are in good hands. The question is, when does this all come together? Because we're already seeing some fruit. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, and that all depends, and that's one of the things we don't really know since uh, since Mike Illich, the, the f- former owner, passed away in, I believe it was 2017, they have not spent any money at all in free agency and their son, his son, Christopher Lich now runs the team. And he said, he's made these kind of vague promises that like, yeah, when, when the time is right, we'll spend. And a lot of Tigers fans have kind of their hopes set on going out and getting one of the shortstops this offseason, going out and getting Carlos Correa. That's the one I think that's most commonly mentioned because of his connection with AJ Hinch or whatever. But people also want to bring Justin Verlander back. And it's like, you know, both of those would be awesome, but do we trust this owner to go out and spend, I don't know how much that's going to cost to get those two guys, $350, $400 million. And uh, yeah, we just don't know. There's, there's no evidence to suggest that he will other than some big promises, like I said. So that's the next step is seeing if they'll go out and, and try to supplement what they have with some legitimate big leaguers and try to make a run at it. So bring it back to this series. Mm-hmm. Make the call. How many, how many games this thing go? Two, two, three, one, one, three. Um, you know, ordinarily, I think I would say three, one, Angels, just because of my, uh, you know, the history of the Tigers on the West Coast. But given what you've told me about what's going on with the Angels right now, I, I think I'll probably just go two, two. I think there'll probably be, we may see three close games and probably one blowout one way or the other. And uh, but eventually it'll just be a split. I think. So let folks know where they'll find your work. And this is kind of pertinent because you do a lot of minor league work too. So fill folks in because minor league stuff is, is pretty important these days. Yeah. So, uh, you know, most of my writing is at Motor City Bengals. It's the fan-sided blog account for, for the Tigers at this point. But we do do a lot of work with the Tigers minor league report, which at this point is just a Twitter account, Tigers ML report, and a YouTube uh, page and yeah, we just we we go to the minor league games or we'll watch minor league, you know, MILB TV, and we do a lot, take a lot of clips of the Tigers' top prospects and put them out there, and and so that you know keeps us in the loop there. And my I do a podcast uh, every week with my podcast partner Rogelio Castillo. You can find him at Rogcast Baseball on Twitter. And we just kind of most we mostly go over the Tigers, but we also you know peek around the league to notice anybody who's performing really well or performing really poorly and things like that. And uh, yeah, that's that's about it. You can find me at at 
at Chris Brown zero nine one four on Twitter, but I, I haven't been tweeting there as much lately because I'm mostly doing it through the Tigers minor league report site. All right. Well, Chris, thanks so much for previewing the Tigers with us. We're appreciative as always when you come on and I'm guessing we'll be talking again in August when these two teams meet again. Sounds good, Derek. Thank you so much. All right, folks, there you go. There's the full preview. Good luck for the Angels this series. They need it. Let's make it happen. Let's see it happen. Fingers crossed. We're out of here. Have a great one. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.